passion for excellence, compassion for people. It's in this spirit that we are proud to present Aspirus Health Talk with your host, Melanie Cole. Sensory processing disorder can be an often misunderstood, misdiagnosed problem that can impact the way a child learns. My guest today is Annika Zelik. She's an occupational therapist with Aspirus Health System. Welcome to the show, Annika. What is sensory processing disorder? Thanks for having me. So sensory processing disorder, first of all, it is not a recognized diagnosis by the DSM. However, um, it typically presents in children, and we see them having difficulty processing all of that sensory information, whether it's auditory, visual, um, proprioceptive, vestibular, tactile. Their bodies just don't have a good way of um, modulating that information. And so what then happens is they have these maybe adverse reactions to sensory inputs um, and oftentimes behaviors and learning disabilities um, that impact their daily lives. What would a parent notice? And how soon would they notice something that would signal maybe a trip to the pediatrician to see if this is something that's going on with their child? Well, technically, you can notice um, some sensory processing difficulties in children, you know, as young as an infant age. Um, but typically around that two, three, four-year-old stage where maybe um, your child was doing fine with bath time before, but now bath time's a really scary event. They don't like the water. They don't like the sound of the water running. Um, you maybe see your child having temper tantrums for no apparent reason. Um, certain things just kind of set them off. Maybe they seek out a lot of movement and they love crashing into things or they love spinning around. Um, and we also see children who maybe have a difficult time with those social interactions with their peers because they just don't understand how to play like their peers. So if you notice some of these symptoms, what skills might be affected by some of these issues? Well, like I mentioned before, social skills are one area where we definitely see them um, because maybe a child doesn't like to play with the same things that other children same age do, um, and that, inter- that affects their interactions. Um, you might also see deficits in their fine motor skills. Those are also affected, um, whether they just don't know how to manipulate zippers or buttons or they have a hard time with handwriting. We can also see it in if they are an extremely picky eater and they are limited to only a few food items. That's definitely also a sign of something going wrong with their sensory processing system. And since you mentioned it might not be an official diagnosis, how is it diagnosed? Well, what I do in the clinic is there is a um, recognized very well evidence-based assessment called the sensory profile. And it looks at all of the different sensory areas, auditory, visual, vestibular, tactile, um, emotional behaviors. Um, And then based on the scores from that, we can kind of see patterns. I also use just a general parent interview. And at this point, I kind of know what are red flags and things to look out for to kind of see what maybe um, the child has in terms of their sensory processing pattern and then how I can address that in therapy sessions. If somebody has, if a child has a sensory processing disorder, does it automatically mean that they're considered on the spectrum, that it might be autism or ADHD? That's a really good question, and I think that's where um, a lot of people have that belief. So in general, sensory processing is on a spectrum. Everybody has different sensory processing patterns. You know, you and I have different responsivity to certain inputs. Um, So a child maybe just has difficulty with some 
of those sensory processing, but that does not necessarily mean they also have a diagnosis of autism or ADHD. They do tend to come hand in hand, and that is well um, researched, but like I said, it can definitely be a separate disorder. So how can professionals, such as an occupational therapist, help with sensory processing issues? Well, I work in an outpatient clinic, and so what I like to do is involve first of all, involve the parents as much as possible because the parents are the ones who spend the most time with the children. Um, And so my goal is to maybe find ways to modify the home environment, modify routines in the child's daily life to help them be able to kind of modulate their responses. Um, One thing I really like to do is try to develop a toolbox for the parents to use at home in terms of calming strategies. A lot of times these children with sensory processing difficulties get upset very easily. That fight-or-flight response kicks in quickly. So I like to explore a variety of calming strategies in the clinic setting and then have the parents try them at home and try to incorporate them into the child's daily life so that we can prevent having these, you know, outbursts and emotional responses to that sensory input. Give us a few of the tips that you might tell parents. I guess one thing would be to try to see what, your child, what calms your child, Um, whether it's maybe giving them a tight bear hug, whether it's, you know, rocking in a swing, listening to calming music, trying to find things, and then also noticing in your child maybe what may set them off, and then trying to find a way to change that or bring it up to your occupational therapist, and they can come up with an idea for you as well. And what about as a child grows? Is this something that goes with them as they grow, or can it disappear? That is a very good question. Um, I would say, like I said before, because it is on a spectrum, they're always going to have some of those sensitivities, but the goal of occupational therapy would be to help them find more adaptive responses to them. So they may, you know, never like the sound of a smoke alarm going off, but through therapy, they'll learn that it's not so scary and they can learn to kind of control their responses to that. So I would say it doesn't go away completely, but the goal would be to find those ways to help kind of adapt their behaviors and their responses to make it, you know, better on the child. And what about as they get into school, Annika? What do you tell parents as some very good advice about letting the school know about some of these issues and what they can do while the child is at school? Yeah, definitely. I mean, a child spends most of their day at school, and you definitely see, um, you know, with teacher reports about children's behavior not being the greatest. So what I like to do is, you know, come up with a list of maybe modifications or adaptations um, to provide with the teacher in the school for the child to have throughout the school day to kind of help with those um, more negative behaviors or responses. So then give parents your best advice, because these sensory issues can be confusing for other children in the family and for the parents about dealing with the child that might have these issues and what you really want people to know. What I would tell parents is really just to love your child and, you know, make sure you set up your home environment in a way where they can be the most successful. There are definitely going to be a lot of challenges, but learning to kind of work through those challenges whether it's, you know, explaining to the siblings that their brother maybe learns a little differently or he needs things changed a little bit in order for him to fully function in his daily life. And Annika, one last question. Can medicational intervention help with sensory processing disorders? 
Well, I am not a doctor, but as far as I've read in the research, I haven't found anything in terms of medication that would directly affect this. Really, I would say therapy is probably the best bet at coming up with those different strategies and modifications and adaptations to help the child in their daily life. Thank you so much. It's great information. You're listening to Aspirus Health Talk. And for more information, you can go to Aspirus.org. That's Aspirus.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.